Lauren, I am looking forward to this show. I'm a little bit tentative. It might get a little spooky. We are going to be talking horror movies with Napa Valley's premier horror movie aficionado, Kelly Dorn is here. Hi, Kelly. Hello. Hello. Greetings from the crypt. (laughs) Yeah, well, that was good. That was good. I do my best. (laughs) (laughs) And and calling in in just a few minutes, all the way from Hollywood, California, is going to be Eyal Aloni, is the uh, content director. I hope I got that right. He's the program curator. He is, let's just put it this way, he puts together what you're going to see on Screambox.com, which is a horror movie streaming service. So we've got a couple of experts to talk about the subject, and it's going to be a blast. In the meantime, Lauren Mole, what do you have to say? We invite you to join Judd and his family's winery at the south end of Silverado Trail. Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is at judshill.com or by calling 707-255-232. Thank you. And while you are online getting that visiting information at judshill.com, you can look around. We've got some really fun videos, some quirky stuff there. We have got events coming up. Always check out our event site. And, of course, we have wine. We are a winery. We don't make that much wine, so there's going to be a very limited amount of this and that. But we do make quite a variety. So take a look. Put some in your shopping cart. And Lauren is going to give you even something, uh, even a little perk. Let's put it that way for being a listener. Just type in coupon code JNVS, all lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. And if that's not enough, you can join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night. That's right, and I certainly encourage you to do that. There's no cost to join. You get a chance to try all of our wines. You get special invitations to events at the winery. We do events uh, outside the winery in different towns. We just guarantee a good time with fine wines. That's what it's all about. That being said... Let's talk scary movies. Everyone's a Fingal Fiend on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Wait, what did he say? Get ready for another heap of fascinating things to know. From witty and intriguing people on Judd's Napa Valley Show. No sales script and no rehearsing, live from a Napa studio. You may be that intriguing person on Judd's Napa Valley Show. Pardon me, I'll have a Chardonnay. A marvelous date, it's hard to say. I know we never talk about the Sauvignon Blanc. It's a must-have on the podcast. It's Judd's Napa Valley Show. You can't ease this flow if I elaborate over a Cabernet. My buddy's the truth. You should study my man Juddy and learn something new. And we're back talking horror films. Uh, we're continuing the conversation that we uh, started in a previous episode. We have local artist Kelly Doran joining us. He's a horror film buff from way back. And via phone from Hollywood, California, Al Aloni, the programming and social media manager for Screambox.com. These are two guys who know their horror films and... Uh, Boy, this is fun. I've really been enjoying talking with you guys. Where we left off in the last episode, we 
we started talking about serial killer films and um, how, well, at least Kelly, you were talking about how you're not that into them because there's, it's almost like something could happen. You like the fantasy horror as far as like a Frankenstein monster who's very, yeah, quite fictional. There's really no danger of you running into Frankenstein. Right. But the Thing, yeah. you know, John Carpenter's The Thing, you know, I mean, even, I mean, I love, I mean, I'm not totally against serial killers because one of my favorite Halloween movies for this time of year is the original John Carpenter Halloween. Halloween, yeah. It's, yeah. you know, which is getting not a reboot, but a new kickstart coming up. This oh, yeah? Month. Yeah, they're coming out with a new movie that kind of, it kind of reboots everything. It comes from the premise that the first movie happened, then all of the subsequent sequels that came after, and even Rob Zombie's reboot of Halloween 1 and 2, those don't exist anymore. So oh. there's the original Halloween, and now there's the new Halloween, which is coming out, <laughs> which shows a older Laurie Strode played by Jamie Lee Curtis... Is she going to be back? Yes. Oh, she is. She is wow. back, and she's older and a little bit PTSD yeah, I would from imagine. her occurrences, and she's kind of been waiting for the night eventually when Michael Myers comes back. Oh, oh. So, so she's, she's prepared. She's waiting for him. Oh. Yeah, and she right. has a family, and they're kind of thinking mom's a little bit nuts, and she's... <sighs> You have some insight into bend, this? And then the unspeakable happens, and he does he come back. With the William Shatner mask and yep, okay. Hey, all you know something about this? You've got a. There's there's nothing nuts about waiting for a killer to escape prison so you can oh, no. kill him. What do you What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean she's waiting for the boogeyman. I I would yeah, prepare right. too. So. Yeah, it's very sensible. I see where you're coming from there, y'all. So hopefully that explains a bit of her psychological state. So that's that's a serial killer film that doesn't bother you so much. You're not really. <clears throat> No, no, I, I I I love that one. I love the first Halloween, and my second runner-up. A lot of people hate is the third Halloween movie, the one that has nothing to do with Michael Myers, which is the season, season of, the, of Witch. the Witch. Right? Yeah, I never saw it, but it's it's brilliant because the whole idea was that John Carpenter wanted to. They made Halloween one. It was for very little. It was very little money, and then. I think the producer, Mustafa Akkad, said, hey, you know, we want to make a second movie. And he said, well, yeah, but I don't really want to go back to that well again. And they said, well, what if we let you do another movie after that that's your own idea for Halloween? And so he made number two. And then number three, when he did that, he had the idea, what about every year we do a new Halloween movie, but it has a different storyline. It has a different plot. So it'd be like an annual tradition, oh, which oh. to me sounded like a great idea. So they did Halloween three, which has to do with these horrific masks that are deadly. And, you know, <laughs> it's this whole plot to like, you know, bring back the ancient rites of the pagans. And it flopped. It was horrible. People didn't like it. They wanted Michael Myers. So they, didn't go and see it, but it's actually a really good movie. And so it might have been a victim of having a successful name. If they didn't yeah. bill it as Halloween, people might not have had the preconceived notion that yeah, I think have Michael Myers. If they had done the first Halloween movie and then they had done Halloween three as another Halloween movie, and every year they had done that, I think on its own merit, people would mm. would know about Halloween three and would think, yeah, it's a good movie. It's, it's very polarizing. I, I don't recall exactly 
what I posted on our Facebook page that set this off, but <laughs> there ended up being a very big argument um, in the comments section of this post between fans about, about whether Halloween 3 is amazing or awful. And people have very strong feelings about that one. I, I think it's amazing, so I'm in the amazing <laughs> camp. It's, it's one of those movies I watch every year because it's just... it's. It's a perfect Halloween movie. This is cool because horror fans, man, horror fans are horror fans. Oh, These yeah. are passionate people. <laughs> and are there other instances like this where a movie, I mean, there must be, where something comes out and there's just controversy, there's arguing back and forth. This is the best. This is the worst. They should have done this. They shouldn't have done that. How dare they mess with this uh, character? There are purists. There are, there are purists. And I... I probably come down on that camp more than not, but I, they're purists that they like the atmospheric horror films. They don't require jump scares. They want a slow build. They like character-driven pieces. pieces See, that sounds that like me. Oh, keep going. Though. And then there's, but there's other people that are like, no, I want jump scares. I want the, I want something to jump out. And I, you know, I. So atmospheric, slow-build horror films just leave them cold. One mm. of my friends, he m movies that are slow and atmospheric, he's got no use for, and he likes them the trashier the better. You know, he's... he's <laughs> a grindhouse horror type stuff? Yeah, I mean, he wants things that are just over-the-top, bad, something that you could almost see on Mystery Science Theater 3000, you know, that... But he would watch it and enjoy yeah, it unironically. And so, so, and y'all, when you're programming Screenbox, you must have to take all this into account, you know, your various audience tastes. Uh, how, how does that work? Well, you know, we, we have surveyed our audience and so we, we know what people tend to like the most which is supernatural and slasher tend to be the the, the top categories you know, obviously we want to spread it around you're you know you're going to please everyone but that's usually when i'm looking for material and i usually start there and uh you know we we've we've asked them questions about what they you know what they don't like i mean you'd be surprised uh, i was surprised to find out that that like you know, the 90s, people aren't as uh, excited about the horror movies that came out like late 90s, early 2000s. Which would have been or, what? You know, Give me a couple what, examples what those would have been. Well, this would be after Scream, because people still like that one. Okay. I believe that was, and then Kelly can correct me, but I think it was late 90s. Yeah, I think it 90s. was. And are you talking about movies like, uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer and... Things like that. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, and we, I haven't asked why that is that, that uh, they're not as in love with those movies, but I think, again, you know, because our site is sort of catering to a very, very, you know, diehard type of fan that, that, that takes horror seriously, that maybe, you know, a movie like I, don't, I Know What You Did Last Summer, that that's not, which I personally really like, but, uh, you know, they, it might not find that might not even consider it horror in some cases. I think some people, I think some fans, that '90s vibe in horror films is because they started started almost leaning towards like PG thirteen horror. It's when studios started right. yeah. started thinking mm. like, well, if we make it PG thirteen, if we cut down on the sex, if we cut down on the overt gore, we can we can get this in more theater screens. And this will get more viewers. And it did. It was those movies were really popular with like teenagers. 
But then you've got like those teenagers grow up and they they've seen that stuff before, and they're like, no, and now I've seen these other movies that are just over the top, and that's kind of where they gravitate to okay, now. So, so around that time, things got a little watered down to the horror purist to, I to think so. appeal to a wider audience. But Ayal, you were saying that Supernatural and Slasher seem to be the the big categories for Screenbox. Are there some examples of films that you particularly enjoy in those, uh, or that are just generally popular on Screenbox? Maybe a couple of your personal, a couple of your personal picks sure. in the supernatural and slasher, and then maybe beyond maybe what might be your taste, but just what seems to really get your audience going, or maybe they're the same. You tell me. I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> well, there's a number of them. Let's see. I could go on for a while, but I'm um, sure. That's why I've got you here, man. You're the expert. <laughs> you know what we have? Uh, you remember the house movies, House and House Two with uh, oh, yeah. George Went? Yeah. Those are good ones. Hey, those are good ones, and they're pretty popular on our site. Um, I, I don't know yeah, these. The, What's the premise of these? Are they all you well, want? Well, you know, it's about a house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, what else you got? <laughs> that sounds great. I'll watch it. They were kind of they were kind of uh, reboot the like a, trying to get new life into like the old idea of like a haunted house story, mm. and both I, I, if I remember correctly, like they they. House and House 2 have nothing in, to do with each other. They're kind of like separate individual stories set in a different haunted house. But they had like kind of, they came on the heels of like the Gremlins movies and Ghostbuster. Uh, uh-huh. So they had like these wild special effects, practical special effects makeup with like strange monsters and creatures. And it, it, they're, they're entertaining films for, when they came out they've got some great special effects in them and great kind of transitions and and did i hear george went yeah he oh, was yeah. in the he was in the second movie i think or we no he was in the first one. movie well norm right yeah and then actually it's funny because john ratzenberger the guy that played cliff, cliff, on cliff Cheers, clavin he was That's in the right. second film i'm writing that one down was, uh, bill maher was in the second one as that's well. right bill maher was in that Okay, writing these down. Are they worth? Are they worth? Uh, they're good. They're they're yeah. of that era, the '80s era. They're they're kind of fun. They've got some humor in them, so you'd probably you'd probably get that. They've got some suspense and a little bit of gore, but they're they're <laughs> entertaining, fun. They're actually good. The Halloween movies. They're oh, great. What else seems to float folks' boat there on Screenbox? So, I mean, you mentioned House One and Two. Are those? Are you saying those are popular? Like, are people really flocking to those that? These popular. old ones, or uh, yeah, those are popular. We have uh, the original, The Eye, which is popular. Um, we have a, mo- a movie right now called An American Ghost Story. Um, that's a 2012 movie um, that's popular right now. Uh, it's about a uh, an unemployed writer who decides to rent a house that may be haunted. You know, you've probably heard that premise before, but um, <laughs> it's well done and pretty popular with the audience. And we also have, remember the Masters of Horror series from uh, 05 oh, yeah. to 07? So we've got that whole series on our site. Yeah, there are um, some good ones in that. Yeah, there are there are some gems in that. And you know, for those who don't know, these, it was a TV show where each episode was directed by a different you know, luminary from the oh, horror yes, world. Oh, yes, yes, like yes. One was John Carpenter. I think he did one called Cigarette Burns. Cigarette Burns. Right? And exactly. uh, Mick Garris. 
did one. I think um, Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper. Uh, yes, I've 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 Don not. S- yeah, uh, Don Coscarelli. So yeah, yeah they, and Dario Argento as well. Yeah, Argento got one of those. Those. So this is that's called Masters of Horror. Yeah, and that's available on uh, your service there. Screenbox. All the episodes are are on Screenbox. Yeah. Ooh, you know, I, I need to see some of those. I, I keep hearing people bring that up in the context of horror, and I've yeah. been been out of my horror movie watching for so long <laughs> until I devised this show, and just in the past week or ten days, I've tried to <laughs> bone up on it. No pun intended. Bone skeleton. Get it? Horror. Anyway, that's cool. That those are good tips. I'm writing. I'm writing these down. Masters of Horror. Thank you. And I'd also I'd also have to uh, throw out there a movie called Hell Baby. Ooh, sounds fun. 2013, starring Leslie Bibb and Rob Corddry. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. I, I vaguely remember seeing that one. It had some some of the members of the, I think, the state comedy troupe in that, too. I think, yeah. like, uh, Tom Lennon. Thomas oh, Lennon he's might good. have been in it. Hell Baby. <laughs> Hell Baby. Uh, no. A couple, uh, you know, calls on the services of um, the Vatican's elite exorcism team. <laughs> to save them from their own baby, their own demonic baby. That's always good. Is this a good double feature with Thanksgiving? <laughs> I mean, I think so. Okay, I I need to put up a, a whammy. All right, I want to talk a little bit about. It sounds like Hell Baby might be a little tongue in cheek. Am, am I? Is that yeah. safe to say? A little. It's a little. Is there some humor comedic. in there? Because I would like to talk about comedy horror as well. Yeah, I. The comedy I, horror definitely has its place. There's a great Irish movie that came out a couple of years ago called Grabbers. Grabbers? That is a great... It takes place on this little island. It's kind of got nods to Jaws. It's got nods to Alien, American Werewolf in London. It's... Now, that really straddles the line, though. It, I mean, American Werewolf in London is has a lot of funny parts, but that is a serious horror film. Oh, yeah. It's scary as heck. Yeah, with great spe- uh, Oscar-winning special effects. Oh yeah, Rick Baker's uh, Rick Baker. transformation yeah. of uh, David Naughton from ordinary dude to werewolf is extraordinary. Yeah, for it's, it's that was another movie that kind of took an old genre of like the werewolf story and kind of gave a little bit new life into it and tried to like imagine. Okay, imagine you found you got attacked by a wolf and you found out you were a werewolf. How would you deal with that? Mm-hmm. You know, would you be the you know the you know, Lon Chaney Jr. just moping around the moors waiting to turn into a werewolf? Or would you be in denial? Would you just like, nope, not happening to me. Nope, I'm just going to continue being a backpacking. Yeah, try to lead your life. Yeah, try and lead your life until it just completely consumes you. But it's it's got some great humor. And, you know, that uh, talk about a movie that, uh, that's got some great music in it, too. They use pretty much every song, moon. pop song that you, like Blue Moon, uh, Bad, Bad Moon, moon Rising. <laughs> it's and they're they're it's great when those songs come on and the whole comedy of his best friend coming back from the dead to kind of encourage him to get yeah, rid of the Griffin curse. Dunn. It's, yeah, I mean he offers. I mean he's grotesque every time he comes back. He's more and more decomposed as a corpse, but uh, offers comedic relief. Yeah, at the same time, John Landis, man. Uh, Great directing in that one. <laughs> now I want to talk about werewolf movies, but we started with comedy, so let's come back to <laughs> werewolf. Um, hey, y'all, any any other good uh, comedic horror? I, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention one because this I don't get a chance to sit down and watch a lot of movies. I've for some reason I seem to just be a busy guy with a I don't know the wine business, especially this time of year with harvest and family obligations. I just rarely sit down. So it was maybe a year ago. 
I finally was just in front of the TV. Nobody else was in the house. Like, I'm going to turn off the computer. I'm going to check out. I'm watching a movie. And I started flipping through the choices, uh, you know, through the, I don't remember if it was Amazon or Netflix, one of those. I saw a film, you know, came up. I was like, oh, yeah, I heard about this. I don't remember what I heard, but I remember the guys were interviewed, and it sounded fun, and I like the comedic show Flight of the Conchords, and it, it ha- you know what I'm talking about now. Yes, I do. And it, yes. it's what we do in the shadows. <laughs> so I said, I just watched that, like, so I think the night before last. It has Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Conchords and Vi, how do you pronounce his name? Uh, Taika Waititi. Thank you. He's, Taika Waititi. Uh, he's the director of Thor Ragnarok. He, right. He directed Thor Ragnarok. He directed several of the Flight of the Conchords, fellow yeah. New Zealand actor, writer, comic genius. And they teamed up and made a comedic vampire movie that called What We Do in the movie. Shadows. And it has become, honestly, just one of my favorite movies. It's not, a not great just one movie. of my favorite horror, comedy, whatever you want to call it. It's just a great movie. It is so funny. It's, yeah. And, yeah, it's great. And my has, wife hates horror movies. Oh, yeah? I love that one. I, <laughs> I was yeah. laughing so hard. I was crying at some points, and I was I was alone watching this. Usually, I need energy of an audience to like get me that riled up about a movie, but this this did it. And the way they took some of the classic tropes of vampire legend <laughs> lore and movies, the romantic and, vampire, and, right? They exactly they had some of the stereotypes of the types of vampires. They used some of the you know things that vampires can and can't do to comedic effect. Like you have to be invited in, and there's a scene where they want to go into a nightclub, and they keep asking the bouncer, you know, ask us in. He's like. Can I see? He's whatever. He's like, let me see your ideas. No, you have like, to invite no, us in. No. Like, they can't get in. It's just funny, funny stuff. So that that's my big recommendation and, that and pick is uh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah, it's it's that is a classic movie. It's got the great lines. It's like our friend has just had a fatal sunlight accident. You know? <laughs> and the the my, one of my favorite lines that gets me is when the I can't I think of Viago is they're having a a flatmates meeting. And he's trying to get the other ones to be more careful about when they drain their victims of blood that they don't get blood everywhere. So, you know, put down some newspapers or something. (laughs) And he's all like, you know, the other day, you know, like my couch. And Jemaine Clement goes, you mean the red one? He goes, well, it's red now. Yeah. (laughs) I could go on and on. There's so many (laughs) great lines in that one. But I don't want to give too much away because I want folks to go see it. It is it's really fun. What we do in the shadows. That's Judd's pick of the day this Halloween season. <laughs> Other comedic, I mean, there's obvious, you know, spoofs and parodies we've seen. Of course, you know, Young Frankenstein, absolute yeah. genius Mel Brooks film, early 70s. It's another one I watch every hol- every October because our- it just gets me in the mood for Halloween because it's. I love that movie. It's a beautiful movie. It's so... Yeah. Perfectly made to be, I mean, a love letter to the to the era, oh, yeah. the genre. It's it's incredible. He used uh, Mel Brooks used some of the actual equipment from the original Frankenstein laboratory scenes. I believe it. They found them in storage and pulled them out and got them working for the the laboratory. Well, it looks like this yeah. should be a 1930s movie. The way, oh yeah, it's it, the way it's lit, the way it's filmed, it's shot the props. In black and white, and it's the music is exactly on point. So, that's a great one. Young Frankenstein. Other funny horror films we should be thinking about. I, I would highly recommend Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That is a good one too. Hold on, I'm I'm taking notes as we're talking. By the way, <laughs> what's that one called? Tucker and Dale. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Yep. And it's, with, uh, uh, it's a great twist on the 
you know, group of college kids go into the woods and, you know, encounter the killer hillbillies. Although in this case, uh, it turns it on its head where the, the hillbillies are a couple of really, you know, sweet, affable guys. And um, <laughs> the college students mistake them for killers. And so it's the, it's the college students that are the bad guys. Okay. And the hillbillies are the good guys. And there's a lot of great physical comedy, like, you know, one of the college kids, they keep, you know, like accidentally getting killed. Like one of the college kids trips and impales himself on a branch, Oh dear! you know, and the other kids see it and say, oh my God, we're in a fight for our lives. We have to stop these hillbillies. And the poor hillbillies, they just want to have a, they just want to have a hunting weekend. And these these kids, they start mistaking the kids for like some sort of suicide cult. They're all trying to kill themselves. (laughs) It's a pretty good one. Okay. I've, I've got that one written down. Now, something I have not seen, but maybe you guys have, I'd like to hear about it because um, I just haven't had a chance yet, but I, I keep hearing about, it's supposed to be really good. It's a TV series. I forget which cable channel, but one of my favorite comedians and writers, uh, Dana Gould, is behind it in Stand Against Evil. Oh, yeah. Have you seen this? Yes, I have. Is it it's, worth my time? It's pretty good. It's it's there's it's kind of a twist on the uh, the Salem witch trials. This mm-hmm. town is under the curse of a witch that was killed back, you know, centuries before, uh-huh. and she has dictated that every sheriff in this town will die a horrible fate. And I think it's I uh, can't John McGinley. Yeah, yeah, from, he's the sheriff. Uh, Scrubs. He was. He's the previous sheriff, and there's a new sheriff. He's retired. Oh, and he finds he out survived. that yeah he he finds out that there's this real supernatural undercurrent going through the the town, and he reluctantly finds himself having to fight this. And he's a very gruff, no nonsense. I just want to sit down and watch football and have a beer, and I got to keep on dealing with this stuff. This is nonsense. And it's it's pretty humorous. Okay, you know I think Dana Gould is a brilliant comedian and comedic and he's writer. In he's and in he's it. in it too. Okay, I keep hearing about it, so that's going in the queue. That's Stan against evil, not yeah. Stand. The guy's right. name is Stan, I guess. Yes, okay, Stan. Stan against evil. Okay, cool. Comedy horror. There's some good picks there. Shall we? Uh, do you want to tackle some subgenres? You want to talk about werewolves? You want to talk well, about vampires? You want to talk about ghosts? A good fun movie that you might like. It's if you like comedy horror. Is a couple of years ago they came out with Cabin in the Woods, which is That's another movie one. that kind of twists and flips that whole script of the teens going out for a drunk weekend, coming up against unex- unspeakable evil, and it's. You think you know where that movie's going, and then it keeps throwing you curveballs. Now, Cabin in the Woods, this one, I, I seem to recall it got, the advertising, I haven't seen it, made it seem like a, like just a horrific, uh, torturous, yeah, uh, it, horrible movie that I, I probably wouldn't want to see. But Ayal, you, you vehemently agreed when Kelly said Cabin in the Woods, so what what... What sparks your love of that movie? I mean, what I love most about it would be too big of a spoiler. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Never yeah. mind. But it, it, it is, I mean, it will surprise you. It's, it's just so clever what they did with it. I've, I've told people before that theoretically Cabin in the Woods is the movie that every other horror film that has ever existed takes place within that world. Right. Oh, okay. That's a good way of putting it. All right. All right. I put a little star by that one. 
Kelly, you're very nice to print out a list of some of your favorite movies and <laughs> yeah, genres. Just and started that's on there, so real. I just put a little arrow by that. Uh, <laughs> okay, so would that go under what what subgenre would that be? I don't know the movie, so let's let's talk about whatever that might be. be. A, a horror spoof in a way because it oh. definitely it it would kind of be the 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 killer in the woods subgenre. Okay, because it definitely you know it's about college students going out to the woods for a weekend in a cabin that looks exactly like the cabin from Evil Dead, and they definitely kind of worth stumble mentioning. upon this just insane premise. Than that movie, I don't want to give away too much. Yeah, don't give it. Don't give it away. Just it's a good movie. Let's but just steer people there. Yeah, it's definitely a cabin in the woods. It's that's why they named it the cabin in the woods is because it's the cabin in the woods subgenre. But it's okay. It's got a little bit of everything in and, it. And you were saying something all about that. It sounded like you were finishing. Yeah, a thought. well, it, it, just with regard to the title, I mean, it, it's sort of it, it's exactly what Kelly said. I mean, it's sort of this all encompassing. Um, horror film i just i hesitate to say too much about <laughs> okay okay then um, then we'll we can move on i love the okay. third act is all i'm all i'll say all right yeah. so what hang on the, just just hang on no, not you hang okay. on i'm just saying if you're watching the movie hang on yeah hang on till oh, you get to the third. oh yeah 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 <laughs> what, what, one of the greatest third acts uh, i've seen in a horror film or any film rather uh, okay. very entertaining say no more kelly looks like he wants to say something <laughs> i'm gonna stop him i don't usually put a <laughs> no. finger up to my guest to not talk but nope. i don't want to know anymore but you did mention evil dead which you have to any yeah. any self-respecting show about horror films has got to mention evil dead oh I mean, yeah it's got the cabin in the woods they just it's got a chainsaw get over the top it's and... got supernatural it's got blood it's got, it's got humor Necronomicon. it's you know the it's got it all, <laughs> and and it's it's fun and it's funny. There are yeah, I mean, it, the, the it's f- very tongue in cheek. It knows what it is, and it's kind of winking at you the whole time. Yeah, the first the first Evil Dead movie was almost done kind of fairly seriously. Um, it still it was that cabin in the woods. You know, the the kids going out and they and con- confront unspeakable evil out in the woods. But then the second movie, I think that's when Sam Raimi realized. You know, we're they. It's almost like a reboot of his first film, where he was given money by a studio. They said, "We want this to be the start of something bigger," mm. and so they gave him money, movie or money. So he movie rebooted money. his his uh his premise to carry it into the future. And then the third one, Army of the Army of Darkness, is just crazy. And Bruce Campbell is brilliant as He's great. Ash. Yeah, yeah. He's just not the hero you want, but he's the hero you have. And does he now have a... Isn't there a series based on Ash? There was a series. It was on for a while, Ash versus the Evil Dead. Mm. And I think think it's done now. Okay. But probably worth checking out. Ayal, where should we go now? We're doing dealer's choice. You're the dealer. You're the the horror movie dealer, so your choice. (laughs) (laughs) If we're we're still on the comedy, uh, I want to throw out Teeth. Teeth. Uh, Here. You heard of this one, Josh? Yes, I have. I've heard about it. <laughs> I, I haven't. What What is Teeth? The Teeth is um, about a teenager, a teenage girl who is coming into her own, I guess. Um, I'm interested to see how you're going to skirt around this one for radio. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I'm starting to regret I brought this up. Um, <laughs> oh, dear. I, okay, I'm already getting a vibe by that. Like, are there... 
Okay, should I guess? No, I don't want to guess because it might reveal some twisted form of my imagination. Are there teeth somewhere they yes, shouldn't there be? Yes, there are teeth somewhere where... There are teeth you... somewhere where there should not be teeth. Okay, jeez. Um, that, that give her an, an advantage in, in, uh, you know, against uh, uh, over in, in overly enthusiastic boys. Let's put it that way. Okay, okay. And, and you're saying this is a comedic film? It is comedic. Okay. <laughs> Maybe not to you as a guy. No, I, I can. You know <laughs> I what? I find it terrifying. Look, if it's if it has anything to do with, um, yeah, you're right. This is a tough topic to uh, <laughs> talk about. <laughs> let me let me put it this way. Uh, I, I, I apologize. No, 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 no. I'm going to put it this way. There is a scene. There was a movie that Kelly had recommended, and I I checked it out called The Blood on Satan's Claw <laughs> from 1971. Oh wow! Which which I was really digging. It takes place in I think like the 1600s in England. And this this evil kind of overtakes a village, and again, slow build, atmospheric. I was digging it, and then there is a scene which it has of you know a man forcing himself on a woman in a violent way. I guess it's, it doesn't matter; it's always violent when someone's yeah. forcing himself. So it's just kind of redundant at that point. And that at that point, I kind of like withdrew from the story. I just, I just don't care to see that. But I could see in that case with teeth. Uh, the woman could have had her uh, uh, revenge, I suppose, yeah. in a way. Is that what I'm l- led to be? Is that what I'm led to believe is the premise here with this movie, Teeth? I'm sorry, say it again? It doesn't matter. It's time to take a break anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll, we'll be right back talking horror films with horror movie buff Kelly Doran and via phone Ayal Aloni of Screambox.com. So stick with us. Get ready for some Finkel fun. It's Judd's Napa Valley Show with vintner Judd Finkelstein. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Judd's Napa Valley Show. You're listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show. Okay, we're back talking horror films with Kelly Doran and Ayal Aloni. Kelly is a... A local Napa institution here loves horror movies. He's a buff. He's the expert to talk to in town. <laughs> He's an artist. And uh, you can see some of his art at kellydoren.blogspot.com. That's K-E-L-L-Y-D-O-R-E-N.blogspot.com. And on Instagram, at kelly.doren. Oh, and Etsy, because you create things, too, that people can buy. So Etsy, look for good drawer which looks like drawer. That's why I read it originally. My apologies, but I knew it was drawer because you're an artist. <laughs> and via phone, Ayal Aloni is the programming and social media manager of Screenbox.com. So if you want to uh, contact him, I suppose anything that goes through social media to Screenbox, you're going you're gonna to see it, Ayal. Is that right? Yeah, I'll see it. They can contact me through there. Um, just message me uh, through Facebook or Twitter or, I mean, 
I'll see anything in the comments section too. Okay. Good to know. So anything we're talking about, you could comment to Al. I'm sure he would love to hear from you and continue the conversation. I don't know where this really falls, but a movie I watched, it's kind of a cult one I've heard about for years and just only this past week popped it on finally. 1962 Carnival of Souls. Mm. You know this one? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, should we talk about it a little bit? Yeah, I had mixed feelings about it. For, really? For, for, well, I think because I've heard about it for so long, I thought there might have been a little more for me. And to be honest, I liked, again, I liked some of the atmosphere. It's definitely the slow build. You're not really sure what direction it's going. There's some twists along the way, which are fun. But this is going to sound odd. I think my favorite part of that movie was just seeing the scenery of 1962, like yeah. this small town. It was filmed in Kansas, and you kind of see where well, she's running the the woman. You know, she's you know uh, frightened, and she's running down the streets from time to time in broad daylight. And you see the barbershop she passed, and you see the the diner and yeah. and the cars. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm seeing 1962, like and there, pretty realistically. There's I like that. Great visuals in that movie because I think like the pavilion where she goes. I did. That was out on the. It was out in Utah. That's in that Utah. They filmed that that was on the Salt Lake, yeah. and it ended up I think burning down a couple yeah. of years later. It was an amusement park called Salt Air that had been yeah. abandoned, and apparently was the inspiration. Herc Harvey was the director. I did a little reading, did a little research. Uh, he had directed. Dozens, if not hundreds, of films, but they were all institutional and educational films. That's this right. was his only feature that he ever yeah. uh, produced. And he said he was just driving through Utah, I think, to film something and saw this abandoned carnival amusement park type place. And it inspired him to write this story. And I think, I forget, they shot it within you know a few weeks. Yeah. And he himself is uncredited and plays, well, the woman is the main character, but... Right. In some ways, he's sort of the protagonist because he sort of keeps driving the the action along. He never speaks or anything, but he's this vision that she keeps seeing of this oh, the, creepy, the kind of creepy, the man they called him, man. Ghost Man. That's him. Oh wow! Um, I didn't. I never realized that was him. That's that's the famous Herc Harvey. But tell me what you guys got out of this movie. I was I I won't even get into the acting or whatnot. I I anyway. Let's hear you guys talk. It's. It's an interesting movie because it's it's very atmospheric. It's very kind of low key at times, where it's just kind of, it's almost dr- it's very dreamlike. Very. So it's kind of one of those movies. It's not. There are some kind of disturbing, kind of creepy imagery, but it's the type of movie that I could just put on and just kind of mellow out to. It's not like a, you know, it's not a shocker. It's not something that's gonna amp my my pulse up. But it's no. just artistically, it's an interesting movie. It's an interesting visual. I'd like to see more movies that have those kind of dreamlike visuals in them. Okay. Uh, Al Carnival of Souls. You know, not one of my, not my top uh, twenty, probably. <laughs> okay. But, um, what I've heard is that there is great scenery from 1962 in it. Wait, say, I'm sorry. Say that. I, 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 I totally I, like cut out there. I mean, you said something profound oh, and I missed out? it. Yeah, I'm sorry. What was oh, that? Oh man. Oh, was it? Was it a? Was he landing a punchline? Oh shit. <laughs> Hold on. We'll 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 fix it in editing. Uh, okay, we've just cut where it cut out and there was no reaction. Uh, Al Carnival of Souls. Yes, I've heard there's great scenery from 1962 in it. Yes, there is. I love that. <laughs> you and I are on the same wavelength. So, <laughs> If, if you were recommending this movie, Doug, you would say if there's any movie about 1962, <laughs> go see Carnival of Souls. Encapsulates that era. 
Uh, it's sort of like a precursor to. Um, it makes me think of something wicked this way comes. Oh yeah, that I like yeah. that movie. Speaking too. of carnival horror, yeah. Interesting yeah. side note: Herc Harvey also directed an episode of Reading Rainbow. Really? How do you like that? <laughs> I don't know which episode, but that's homework for our <laughs> listeners and you guys. That's great rain. <laughs> yes, exactly. I like that. All right, I want to talk. I want to get into like spooky stuff, like ghosts. I mean, we've been Carnival Souls has kind of a ghostly atmosphere, and I think that'll transition into ghost story type movies. Um, okay, I like I like ghost movies. I think me too. What, I, are, they, some, what are some that you guys are into? If you want to go, hey y'all, you got some ghostly uh, films. The other is one of my favorites. It has a, again, you know, try not to spoil it, but uh, love the atmosphere of that. Well, I, I tend to like period pieces too, so that one I think. I'm remembering correctly. World War One. Yes, uh, is, is when it takes place. It's with Nicole, with Nicole Kidman. Kidman. Oh yeah, what's it? Right. Say the, the others. The others. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You don't want to say too much about that one. Yeah. I have seen that. No, is good. Not. That really gives you this sense of foreboding and right. unease, and there's a good twist. Good. A couple of good ones that I love are uh, the Orphanage. Which is That's uh, a great one, yeah. Yeah, Spanish film. It was produced by Guillermo del Toro. It's just, it's a heartbreaker. Oh, that's no. like that's I don't a movie see it that then. at the very end of that, if you're not in tears Forget at the end of that movie, that. you're you're not human. Okay, well, I am human and I and I will cry. <laughs> not so. not tears of fear, tears no, of I understand, actual though. emotion. Yeah, who needs and that? And then <laughs> I also love a, a lot of people haven't seen it, but it was a 90 minute movie that was done. I believe in 1992 on British television, it was called Ghost Watch. Oh, I, I, I have you ever seen that? No, but I just, I I've that. just heard about this. That it's, that was kind of like a modern War of the Worlds. Like yes, people it was. freaked out and barraged the BBC. It was the premise of Ghost Watch is that this TV show is going to investigate one of the most haunted houses in Britain, and it's not a creepy estate. You know, creepy old castle. It's a council house. It's like just basically tract housing. And it's presented as if this is a as live... As if it's an actual live broadcast on Halloween. And yeah, it's... From the BBC, they sent like and a couple actual presenters that people yes. would have known. And, and that they weren't like actors. It really fooled people because people, you know, in like Mark, Michael Parkinson is one of their news anchors there. Very well respected. Sarah Green, morning show host, very well respected. And these people played themselves. And they slowly throughout the show, this haunting is revealed to be really real and insidious. And it just infects everything about this broadcast. And it's genuinely creepy when you realize that there's this ghost that pops up in the background throughout the broadcast. Oh, yeah? And it's... When you, Ooh, I got goose. I got you. Yeah. Did it. Okay, we have a winner. That gave me goosebumps right there. <laughs> when you watch it and you know that this ghost is there, and you start to see this these kind of little Easter eggs in the background, it gives you the willies. It's it's actually a pretty creepy show, and it, it but it really people got very upset because even though they said at the very beginning this is an act of this is a work of fiction. Because they had these actual broadcasting people, they people thought they were watching something real. And when everything starts to fall apart on the show, 
people got terrified and they started calling the BBC. And the BBC actually had a little thing that when you called into their line, they would explain, this is all fiction, it's been pre-recorded, but because of the volume of calls, nobody got that message. Oh, they were overwhelmed. They got a busy signal. Oh no, that's even worse. Yeah, so <laughs> they had to go on and apologize and they've never rebroadcasted again. Is it out there? It's called Ghost you Watch, can, right? You can, yeah, I you can find it at different places. It's on some streaming services, but it's 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 worth it. I like it. I yeah. mean, I really I really do like it. Okay. And I think I like it because it's one of these things that almost has a legendary you know, it's people have heard about it but they haven't seen it. And it's I recommend it. Cool. Cool. I'll look for it. I might obviously not make it through, but but I'll look for it. You want to talk about some filmmakers as opposed to actual films, like some of the some of the directors or producers or writers that you think are worth exploring their their portfolio, their oeuvre, their you know what I'm saying. Oh, the stuff yeah. they've done. Yeah. I love and John AL2 pop in as well, please. I know I I'm looking John right Carpenter at Kelly, but stuff. I want to hear from you. John Carpenter. He's uh, he's great. I don't know how you feel about John Carpenter's stuff. I mean, it, I'm I'm fine with it. I haven't really explored in oh. quite some time, but yeah. I'm trying to think, the last thing I saw, I mean, years and years ago, was the fog. I that love the that fog. was kind of fun. Yeah, another ghost story. If you think about it, it's ghosts coming back for a vengeance. Mm. Um, okay, John Carpenter. Um, and y'all, who who? who, who? I, you know, it's going to be an easy one because okay. it's very recent. But James Wan. I really have uh, come to respect his work quite a bit. So he, uh, for those who don't know, did the Conjuring movies. The which one? Um, I'm sorry, the Conjuring. The Conjuring. Conjuring yeah. Um, he's a producer on the uh, Swamp Thing TV series that's coming out next year. Huh. He also did Insidious uh, and uh, the Saw films. Although I, I could not get past maybe the third Saw film. After uh, those get a little rough. <laughs> After three of those, I just I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I've not Too partaken old. of any of them. Again, I think it's that whole the, the torture, first pain one, stuff. The first is, one is pretty me. good because it kind of flips. It's got a great like zinger at the end All right. that you're not expecting. All right, I'm not gonna watch it, but yeah, still don't spoil it. <laughs> okay, so okay, <laughs> and who who else is worth exploring? I like Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, sure. um, he's an interesting director. He's you know, he did, I mean, he did the Hellboy movies, which were more action fantasy, but he's also, I mean, like I said, he produced the uh, the Orphanage. Hmm. He did the movies Mimic, which are kind of good, creepy monster movies. Um, he also did, he arguably, he kind of kick-started the whole superhero movie franchise by doing Blade back in the, oh. I think, 90s with Wesley Snipes. Yeah, but he also... Back. Did Pan's Labyrinth? Sure. Devil's Backbone is a really good ghost story, and he just recently did Crimson Peak. He, he's very much he likes ghosts. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, Guillermo del Toro. Al. Um, Ping pong and back of, to you. Of, speaking of Swamp Thing, Wes Craven. Sure. Uh, uh, you know I love Nightmare on Elm Street. The Last House on the Left is just. Oh yeah. That that's a pretty hard hitting uh, movie that I, I guess you know. Not necessarily, I don't know, some people might not say it's a horror film in the traditional sense of the word. It's maybe more of a, a thriller, but brutal. That's yeah. a good one to check out. You know, I remember watching that in one of my horror fests, you know, 30-something years ago, but 
for the life of me, I can't really recall the plot or the the action or anything that really happens in it. Yeah, it's. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Or you know what? We can just leave it at that. Let's just leave it. I'll, I will go re-examine. I'd rather spend We're time being too deferential. Yeah, let's let's keep exploring. Um, I can't. I'm so bad with remembering the directors' names, but there's pair. They're not brothers, but they just re, they just did a movie called The Endless, which they actually star in. They're the directors too, um, but they star in, and it's they also did a movie called Resolution, and a movie called Spring. And I, I, their names have completely fallen out of my head, but it's there's this directing duo, and they have done some of the more original, suspenseful genre films recently. Oh, wow. Um, okay, well, I'll look for some of those. We have done an amazing job, either purposefully or not purposefully, of not even mentioning the name Stephen King, and we don't need to start now. That's okay, because I think he's so out there, people are aware, yeah, but you don't it know just about dawned Stephen on me. King, you've, you've been living in a hole somewhere. It just dawned on me. Right. We haven't touched on any of these. I'll, I'll mention an actor, and again, nothing new for folks in the horror genre, but Vincent Price. I just can't get enough Vincent Price. That dude, just to me, exudes... What it is to be, he's got he's it all. Suave. He can he can be suave, classy, charming, menacing, intimidating, intimidating. He's got it all, and I dig just about anything I've ever seen. Again, La- uh, House on Haunted Hill, which I just mentioned, of course. Um, Last Man La- on Earth. Uh, oh, you, I, <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a Pepsi or Coke or something. Last Man on Earth. That was was that a Richard Matheson uh, short yes. story? Short story Richard based Matheson. on Richard Matheson's short story about. A man who's the last man on yeah, Earth. Everybody else is human turned into Earth. vampires. Yep, and that's and got a fun twist at the end, and it's 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 pretty horrifying. And it's been remade several times as a uh, Omega Man I, with Charlton Heston. Yeah, uh, I mean, a lot of people love Omega Man, but I love that original one with Vincent Price, just because it's black and white, creepy, and he's he's carrying the whole movie by himself. I mean, he's really he is he's, the last man. Yeah, so. He's got to do it all himself. And, I mean, the abominable Dr. Fibes movies. Oh, yeah. Talk about over-the-top, weird <laughs> horror films. With humor, because there, there's yeah, some humor yeah. in there. and But it's just, what am I watching? <laughs> oh, that is good stuff. All right, we've only got a couple minutes. It's hard to believe that it goes by this quickly. So been- I would love to give you each uh, a minute or so to just... Say what you want to say, you know, closing thoughts about the genre of horror, some last-minute tips, whatever it is you want to talk about. So, uh, Kelly, why don't you start us off? I would just, I I love horror films, and I just enjoy digging into, like, finding those little gems, the gems of, that just, I mean, they may not be for everybody, but I've got my list of my favorites, and, you know, I can get in arguments or debates with people about them but i mean it's there's something there with horror films there's they're fun they might terrify you but i think that's part of the human condition it's just part of being alive is that you like some people like being startled and scared some people don't i'm one of the people that likes being scared and horror films are they're just i'm always going to be a big fan of them so cool I just enjoy a good story. So whether it's, exactly. a, it's a horror film, a comedy film, uh, a drama, I it, as long as it's a good story and I'm pulled into it, you got me and I'm cool. 
You can scare me a few times along the way. Yep. Again, just I don't I don't like that over the the, the gore, the torture, yeah. gore. I used to be okay, more okay with gore. Again, Fangoria magazine. They, yeah. I had a subscription as a teenager. Which is now it's coming back. Is it? It went away for a while. Now it's coming back. All right, I'll look for that. Hey, all your take on yeah, all this? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> usually my voice is uh, starting to go. <clears throat> that thing is cold. Uh, <clears throat> it's been a spooky. No, it's a spooky cold. There's a little bit of water here. Okay. In the meantime, it's got I that creaky voice. I hope. Uh, I know it's it's trying to add to the atmosphere. <laughs> I would just say, you know, I, I think horror movies are really all about the same thing, which is you know fear of not being in control or fear of losing control. You know, whether it's you know in Jaws you know, specifically, it's fear. You know, the main character Chief Brody is afraid of the water, or um, you know Nightmare on Elm Street, the fear of falling asleep and bad dreams. Or uh, I think I talked about the Descent. That's obviously fear of tight spaces. And there's plenty of movies about you know, fear of isolation or bullying. Carrie, uh, Let the Right One In is a great mm-hmm. one. But but all you know, no matter what the specific fear is or phobia is, they're really all about losing control. And I agree with what Kelly said at the beginning of the show. That there, that's really why I think it's a release for people. You know, you we all try to every day, you know, uh, steadfastly remain in in firm control of our lives and uh you know you get into a horror movie for a couple hours and it's, it is uh it can be uncomfortable but at the same time it, it taps that feeling that i don't know for for some sick reason i guess that we, you know we don't necessarily experience very often in real life but it taps that feeling uh, for a couple hours and you know the, the sickos in us enjoy it i guess <laughs> I, and and along that line, I mean, the ultimate not being in, in control movie. I just want to throw this out there: sure. a movie from a French horror movie from uh, 2007 called Inside. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I could barely get through it. I can stand a lot of things. This was. I'm throwing it out there because you know maybe there are people who uh, who, who want to make a wager with each other if it can actually get to the end. Uh, without fast forwarding, which I actually had to fast forward. Oh no! I just I, well, I just wanted to know what happened at the end, but I, I got to a point where I, I just couldn't get through it. It is a, a home invasion movie. Oof. Um, two guys directed. I think their names are Maury and Bustillo. They went on to direct the Texas Chainsaw Origin movie Leatherface, which I don't think got a theatrical release, but I think is on demand. But these guys, and this is a movie about a woman who wants another woman's unborn child. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. It it is the most brutal thing I've ever seen. And so if you like to test yourself when it comes to horror films, uh, this is a good place to start and end. An endurance test? Yeah, I for one probably won't cue that one up, but uh, (laughs) good to know for others out there who like things a little more extreme than I. Being real-life horror isn't my... Isn't my biggest, you know, joy. I'm. I probably will miss that one too. Yeah. Well, I'm just gonna Don't say it's old. been tons of fun. Really. Thank you. I. I. I'm gonna listen back to this show and uh, make every day Halloween. <laughs> and I thank you both for joining me, Kelly thank Doran you. here in the studio. 
and Ayal Aloni via telephone. If you want to reach Ayal, he is the programming and social media manager of Screambox.com. So just get on Screambox's social media and you'll you'll find Ayal. He'll he'll talk to you about horror films. And uh, Kelly Doran, local artist, horror movie buff. And uh, you can find him once again, his blog with 31 Days of Monsters. You draw a different monster every day for the month of October. KellyDoran.blogspot.com and your Instagram at Kelly.Doran and your Etsy shop where your creations can be found. Go to Etsy and look for Good Drawer. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> thank you. I, I've had a blast. I, I mean, I could keep going and going and going, but I got to let you go to back to work. I should probably get something productive done, although, as far as I'm concerned, this day is made. This day is made. <laughs> Thank you both for joining. Thank you for having us. Thank you, John. Yeah, what a pleasure. Judd's Napa Valley Show is a Gillamar production.